0: church weekly podcast we hope you enjoy this message from pastor mark Boyd. for any other messages or other resources please visit us at lcboise.com go ahead and get that out open up your bible apps get ready for some word here today go with me to proverbs chapter 14 proverbs the 14th chapter Father, thank you for this opportunity we have to be together now. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, our teacher and our guide, our helper in all matters. Lord, we look to you, our strength and our shield and our fortress, our strong tower. You are our refuge and our strength and our help in time of need. Father, I pray that each one would be given eyes to see and ears to hear. Today, hearts open, receptive to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs chapter 14, we're living in an interesting time and a very important time in our nation, in our country, and of course in God's plan for these last days, and I want to share along these lines uh, today. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34 reads, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. All right, if our nation, as a nation, if we want to go higher, what do we need? We need righteousness. If we want to go lower, what do we need? Sin. Sin will demote you, but righteousness will promote you. Amen. We want to go higher, whether you're talking about a family, whether you're talking about a church, whether you're talking about your, your, your personal life, or, of course, our country. If we want to go higher. What do we need? We need more righteousness. Yeah. Uh, and and sin must be was, must be limited at the at the very minimum one of the huge challenges our nation faces is trying to curb sinfulness uh, and also continue to have freedom how, how can we do both uh, how can you be a free country but yet when there's so many individuals that want to do bad things people want to lie and steal and cheat and and harm and, and abuse and 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 all kinds of just bogus behavior and yet you want those who have a desire to live in a in, a, in an honorable way to have freedom how, how do you how do you mix the two uh, often what it comes down to is the more problems you have, the more um, criminal activity you have, and what we would call it in the Bible is just sin. Okay, the more of that kind of uh, activity you have, the more laws you need, and the more law enforcement you need to make it happen or to force people to comply with those laws. But what happens when a when the the, the people of a nation become increasingly sinful? increasingly contrary to the righteous ways of God. Well, what happens is then you have to create more laws. More laws and add laws upon laws upon laws and and new ways to enforce. But again how in the long term do you remain free? How do you have a, a sense of freedom in the land when there are so many rules and so many regulations and yet Bad people are doing so much more that you have to put a new rule on them to stop them from harming other people and turning this place into chaos. You see the the the, the, the dilemma that we have. Uh, it's interesting because if a person does not have an inward righteous motivation, an influence from within. It's very difficult to stop wrongdoing. And you can see how, you know, we have the answer. But I I wonder about this system of adding more and more laws and more and more regulations. and, And it seems like they keep increasing, but yet sin keeps increasing too. Lawlessness keeps increasing. Seems to me like it's not working. I don't know what you think. It seems to me like that system doesn't have, a, have an end to it. it. We just keep digging ourselves into a hole. Now, I know the answer. You know the answer is we need a revival. We need the hearts of men and women to be changed by the power of God. To this end, they will self-govern. And I don't mean we're going to get to a place where n- no laws are necessary. Uh, in, a, in a fallen world that's just the case but if individuals would curb their own behavior not just from a, a, a threat of punishment but from a desire to live a certain way a desire to please God a desire to, to do things right then I tell you the nation can be changed I tell you freedom can still exist but people must be born again and if they are then we have a chance Yeah, I mean how many individuals in here today uh, could look back at their life and say well you know I used to do a whole bunch of crazy things but I gave my life to the Lord and He changed my want to. I used to do this kind of stuff all the time and I wanted to and now I don't want to. I mean we could have that testimony over and over and over and over and over again because the Lord really does change our hearts when we come to Him. And that is the solution. We need people to be born again. Now ultimately we know that we are in a spiritual battle, okay? The battle our nation is in is spiritual. I know in government they most wouldn't acknowledge that or at least publicly they wouldn't because they'd be shamed or called idiots or something. But but it is a spiritual battle and It's not a political uh, battle. Uh, The end result in all of this for everyone is heaven or hell. That's why this battle is so important. That's why we must stand and fight. That's why we must stand for truth. This is an eternal battle. We fight for souls. The devil wants to keep the gospel from from being preached. Now, when we recognize spiritual activity even as an underlying or motivating factor in a national conversation and elections and all this, know this. That The enemy doesn't just want to put certain people in office for winning's sake. It is ultimately about slowing or stopping the gospel. Because Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. If you can keep truth out of a person's heart then you will also keep freedom out of their heart. They will live a bound up life. And so whether that is a direct attack against an individual to try to blind their minds and that happens or it is a more I don't know uh, a, a different approach where it's a, a, an attack against the culture, against the laws of the land, uh, whatever it is. It is designed to keep truth away from people. All right. If you would look with me at, at the book of First Timothy, First uh, Timothy chapter two. That's over, you know, near the right side of your Bible. First uh, Timothy chapter two. I want you to notice instructions here that, that, well, Paul wrote this letter to Timothy uh, and us by extension, we benefit from this. In, In verse one, it reads, Therefore I exhort first of all that prayers, or excuse me, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. But specifically, verse two, for kings and all who are in authority. Of course we don't live in a in a kingdom, naturally in our natural world, we live in a you know a democratic republic. Uh, for kings who are who are and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and reverence. Why should we pray for those who are in authority? We'll pray for everybody, but pray for those who are in authority, specifically. To the end, that our lives are peaceful, and we can can live in godliness and reverence. So, the absence of that prayer could result in kings, or presidents, or people in authority creating systems, laws, a, an environment that we will not have peace, we will not be able to live in godliness and reverence. Do you see that, how they're connected? You pray to that end, that, and then you get that. What if I don't pray? Well, I may not get that. And then go on, verse, verse 3, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? All right, you see the will of God here, the ultimate will of God is He loves everybody. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, right? He loved everybody. He wants everyone to know Him, everyone to be forgiven. And in this case, it states it like this He wants everyone to come to a knowledge of the truth. Because He wants that, you back up, we need to have peace. Uh, You you understand, when a country is not at peace, it can be very difficult to even do what we're doing here today. If there are times of war or unrest or even civil unrest or just a lot of turmoil and chaos in a country, it's hard to have the freedoms and the peace to preach the gospel. And if the gospel doesn't get out to people, they don't know the truth, they don't know the truth, they won't be free and the devil will run their lives. So the Lord says pray and pray for those in authority so this will be the result. Amen. I mean, you, know, you go to certain parts of the world today. You can't just set up shop and have church. I mean, there you, you go to places, let's say we all got together and said, hey, let's head over to, I don't know, North Korea. We'll do a big gospel presentation. We'll pray for the sick. We'll lead people to the Lord. They're not going to let you do that. Isn't that sad? I mean people that whom, for whom Jesus died lived in, live in that country yet their government, yet their culture prohibits the gospel from being spread. Even if it's done on a one on one basis they're told to turn people in. It's bad news. Okay. Say well we don't have that thank God we don't but are we going to go to sleep and are we going to let these forces overrun our nation don't think the devil doesn't want it to happen wants to shut this down completely, all right, Uh, but we're told to pray, and uh, we need the truth to get out, and laws are being passed even in our day, in our own nation, to try to limit and hinder the gospel from being preached, to hinder Christianity. Do you know that if you were to study the early church, first, you know, couple hundred years of the church, you would read about some times of extreme persecution, and some are aware that they would even fill arenas, and they would throw Christians to the lions for sport. I mean, persecution to the death. Others were just uh, totally taken advantage of by government powers in those days where they w- they would come, in. you can read about this, I'm talking, some of this is in, even in the Bible, read over it in Hebrews chapter 10 uh, and so forth, but they, they could come in and just take all your stuff. What You're a Christian, and they'd go in and seize all your assets and take all your stuff. Uh, people were persecuted greatly for being believers in those certain parts of the world. Uh, I was talking to an expert on those times in early church uh, church history and, and, and he said to me he said did, did you know that the believers in those days were not persecuted because they worshipped Jesus that's interesting what? See, he said they, they didn't care if people worshipped Jesus They didn't have any problem with that. They worshiped everything around them and they worshiped all kinds of gods and they worshiped their emperors and all kinds of things. He said the problem was and what they attacked Christians for is because Christians said you should worship only Jesus. Just worship him alone and you can't worship all this other stuff. You know what it basically came down to? Is uh, Christians were accused of intolerance. I mean, think about that. And that's where it led. Do we see any parallels with what's happening and how believers are accused of the very same thing today? And if you're talking about that definition, then yes, guilty. In the sense that we do not accept or embrace all manner of activity and lifestyle and sinfulness. As a believer, I can't. I serve the master. I don't serve people you know I serve live try to live by his standards but you can see the parallels in what is has been on the rise even in our own country in recent times and in recent years now our role in our land I think this is something we should think about and consider today our, our nation has been in decline for in many ways for, for years and I also think that we are responsible For our nation's future and I say we the church the triumphant the victorious church the body of Christ we are responsible God has given us this land and we have a right to pray to stand to believe to speak to participate and and listen we must participate we must pray we must believe and can I throw something else out there we must vote. You ever, you ever heard that word? <laughs> vote. We are presently holding this thing together. The presence of, the, of, the, of believers, of the body of Christ in our land are holding this place together. Meaning with our absence and if prayer stopped and authority stopped and righteous influence stopped, this place would blow up quick. I'm telling you, this nation would be gone so fast it wouldn't even be funny. Uh, But what happens is if we are silent, we can be sure that those who do not know the ways of God will not be silent. Though we are present, we must still have a voice, and we must speak up, and we must do the things that we can do. I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 13 and show you something here. Uh, a parable that Jesus was giving. It's Matthew chapter 13 and verse 24. It reads, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. I want you to notice here, when the enemy came and sowed seeds or sowed tares among the wheat. When did that happen? Scripture says that when men slept. When men slept. That is also the case when it comes to our own personal lives. When we are sleeping, I'm not talking about sleeping at night and getting your rest. I'm talking about... We're, we're asleep to what's happening. We're not aware of what's going on. We're not participating in, in what's happening around us. On an individual basis, in our families, you fall asleep, that's when the enemy's gonna come in and attack. Stay on guard, stay awake, be prepared. But also, it's true when it comes to our nation that when believers are sleeping, when we're just kind of busy about our, our lives and so small-minded and narrow-focused and our prayers don't go beyond our own personal needs and we're not taking our place in our nation, I'm telling you, that's when the enemy comes in to sow seeds, to sow tears, to sow bad stuff. And uh, problems happen when Christians sleep. This is when the wrong people get into office. This is when legislation is passed that is, is passed that is contrary to righteousness. We need to be involved in this. We need to be in the game. Some have have calculated that in, in past elections that there are millions and millions, some have said tens of millions of Christians that don't even vote. They're just not engaged. They're just not participating. Some shrug it off and say, ah, you know, what difference is it gonna make? And they had different different reasons and different excuses. But I tell you, we cannot think that way. We cannot believe that. We have a we have a a constitutional right to have a voice. Uh, um, amen. There there are enough of us in this country where we could decide. If Christians all across our land would rise up and take their place, we could determine who's in the White House. We could. We could determine who's in the governor's mansions and, and who's ruling, who's running things in the states and even on a, on a more local level than that. We could do that. But we have too many of us that are not a part of the system. They're not we're, we're not taking advantage of what we've been given. Maybe if we, were, if we were living in different parts of the world, we, we would appreciate it more when we came here. But too often, we just, we don't. And uh, I tell you guys, we must participate in this election. These events do impact our lives. I don't want to be like that frog and get boiled slowly and slowly and all of a sudden all of our rights are gone our religious freedoms are gone we try to speak up and we're hit and we're persecuted for it and and we realize man I should have been more engaged I should have been believing I should have been praying I should have been standing I should have been voting I I, listen I know the temptation because of where we live we don't exactly live in a swing state do we and and we could easily do the math and say you know it's not going to make much of a difference I think that's the wrong mindset, even where we live. One is because there's more elections than just national. There's local, and that's where national people come from. They start on a local level, and they work their way. We've got to be engaged in this and participate all the time. The other side is I don't see how I can have a voice with my Father in heaven when I'm not doing what I can do. I'm going to pray and believe and I'm going to stand against and Lord protect us from this and save us from this and, and this attack and this harm over here when I'm not doing what I can do. I just don't, don't believe that's a good reason. Uh, in the scripture, over in uh, the book of Exodus, let me show you a, a verse that, that relates to who we should put in office and as believers, as people who think righteously, how should we approach these matters? It's Exodus chapter 18 and verse 21, and it reads this way, Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens so we can see even in 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 Old Testament times there's a precedent for setting up individuals in a government type of way that would have leadership that would have rulership over other individuals that's a godly principle that's necessary but I want you to focus in on those four qualifications for selecting someone and giving them authority and putting them in charge number one he said make sure they are able they must have ability secondly he said they need to fear God they must fear God number three he said they have to be truthful truthful we look for people who will tell the truth and be the truth and live the truth number four It was individuals who would hate covetousness. Hate covetousness. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 2 reads this way When the righteous are in authority, the people, what do they do? They rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Say, how does this apply to my life? Well, one, you selfish thing, it's not just about your life. It's about all of us, huh? <laughs> but two, can you see a difference between rejoicing and groaning? And what is that directly tied to? Directly connected to uh, who's in authority. If we can have the right people in authority, what does it do? It creates the atmosphere, the environment, and the culture where rejoicing can happen. In other words, people are happier, people are prosperous, people are doing well. Our primary objective is this the gospel is not hindered. Because I'm telling you, that's what the enemy is trying to stop. And he is involved. I'm telling you, there is demonic activity involved in elections. Absolutely. Why? We gotta see beyond the words, beyond the rhetoric, beyond all, all that the stuff on the outside. There's a spiritual motivation. It is behind the scenes driving certain things. There's a reason, and there's a bunch of stuff. There's, there's a reason for things and stuff. <laughs> uh, but what, if there's not, I, I know people run into this. To say that I, pastor, I appreciate that able. They fear God, truthful. They hate covetousness. We need righteous people in authority. What if we don't have a righteous option? What are we gonna do then? That's a good question. And these are things we have to deal with in a fallen world. And uh, obviously we know there's, there's never has been nor will there ever be perfect people, perfect candidates. Uh, but I think it would do, do us wa- uh, well, we would be wise to look at things like party platforms, okay? If you have questions about individuals in particular, what do they say they stand for? Okay? Because in some situations, you'll be able to see as a believer, if this person does what they say, we're in trouble. And if this person doesn't do what they say, we're in trouble. But we've got to have some kind of foundation, some kind of starting, starting point where we are looking at Uh, where individuals stand and the principles that they stand for. Okay. Now, of course, one of the big issues in in this election has to do with the Supreme Court. If you've been paying attention to the, the things that are happening, you know one of the court justices passed away and there's a vacancy right now and, you know, it's probable there will be more vacancies during the next presidential term. Do you know how big that is for the laws of our nation? Because of how our system is tweaked and, and twisted just a little bit, the court overreaches frequently, and they actually create law, in my opinion. Uh, but if you don't, do not have righteous people in authority on that court, here goes a generation where laws that are ungodly, that harm Christian Watch. Religious freedom is in danger. Freedom of speech is in danger because there are individuals that want to shut you up. If you have anything godly to say, anything righteous to say, they will make it they will try to make it so there are some verses in this book that you're not allowed to read. You're not allowed to to speak out loud because they are not tolerant of all ways and lifestyles and all manner of living and every type of thing that the individuals want to do. This is big. So when we talk about uh, this, there's a lot at stake, I believe. The Supreme Court, religious freedom, and again, it goes back to spiritual things that are happening behind the scenes. Everybody okay? Everybody uh, okay? I, can, I want to tell you, uh, we need to pray and be led. We need to believe God that he leads us. We need to pray in faith. Uh, can I throw this out there that I don't have a verse for? Don't trust the media. Okay. Man, that gets a whole lot of response without a verse. I'm going to start doing that all the time, huh? <laughs> again, I'm telling you honestly, I want to preach the Word. We're going to focus on the Word. But I'm a, in my opinion, there are a whole bunch of crooks out there. And they are trying to lead people in the way that they want. And it's not, I mean, it's been proven in recent times. Been demonstrated again and again. You just watch some of the news and read some of the material, you're not being shot straight and a whole lot of people believe what they're being told and it is not true and we need to we need to not be gullible in this regard we need to rise up and uh, and let the lord uh, show us things and lead us we have been uh, over the last couple of months i've been teaching this series called the triumphant church and we read again and again and again from matthew chapter 16. and you might recall uh, the 18th verse, where Jesus said, I will build my, what? Church. My church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Is that true, even if the elections aren't perfect? <laughs> that is true. This is something we need to let be a, a governing uh, stalwart in our hearts. our hearts we're going to win no matter what. And let me encourage you, resist depression. Resist anxiety. Resist fear. If you need to turn some things off, even, you know, if you're if one you're to constantly pay attention to every single detail, I'm not saying disengage. I, I'm saying, you know, I mean, social media is huge. Share things. You can put things out, don't argue with people and get in the flesh but we're not going to shut down our voice we need to be engaged but if you find yourself getting all full of anxiety and oh you're just fighting mad and uh, you know and over, stop, stop we need to trust him we are a part of something triumphant and glorious and I've read the back of the book no matter what happens in the meantime we are ending up on top Uh, and we are victorious, and listen, I I would say this as well, before the church gets raptured, we're not going out of here in in a whimper, we are going out of here in glory, in power, in strength, I mean, many, many people are going to be swept into the kingdom, okay, I I know that, that is the fact, from the Word of God, and, and we will not be overcome, but we will overcome. Yeah. Having said that, I don't just take go there and say, okay, so all that other stuff I don't need to participate in. No, this is part of God's plan that we would be a part of this victorious church. We would be a part of our nation coming to the Lord and going out from this nation to reach others. And Amen. Uh, so, you know, one of the, one, one of the great verses on, on the grace of God, I love this, from Romans chapter five, when Paul was teaching about the law and about grace, and, and he said in verse 20, moreover, the law entered that, that offense might abound. In other words, you give a rule, you give a law, all of a sudden people see that they're sinful, okay? He said, but where sin abounded, what? Grace abounded much more. Grace abounded much more. There are not enough problems to overcome all the answers. There are far more answers than there are problems. There is far more forgiveness than there is sin. There is far more power than there is, you know, and strength than there is weakness. There is far more victory than there is defeat. There's always an abundance of God's grace available to us personally, to believers, and to our nation. Say, man, we've gone too far. We've exhausted all the grace of God. No, we haven't. Sin has abounded, and it is abounding, but I tell you, there is an ample supply of God's grace to lift this place, to turn things around, and to keep the climate to where the gospel can go freely to save people. Amen. Always, no matter what happens, let's thank God and believe and trust in his amazing grace. Amen. I know this is a little bit different today, but I I just want to encourage you. Number one, pray. Don't just say, don't just believe, oh, I believe in prayer. Bah. <laughs> believe in God. And pray. And pray for our land. Pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Pray for those who are in authority. Not just in thought and principle. Actually do it. Actually do it. We're holding this thing together. You know, and, 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 and I've said it already, but are you ready? Vote. Vote. Everybody. Everybody who's legally of age and citizenship and whatever. Vote. Do your part. Vote for all the stuff. Sometimes it takes homework, doesn't it? You have to read things ahead of time on a local level, and sometimes you don't know what everything is, and you get in there and uh, do some homework. This is our country, this is our land. We've got to participate. We're going to pray. We're going to vote, We're going to have faith in God. But ultimately, we're never going to yield to discouragement. We're never going to yield to defeat. Amen. We're going to, we're going to prevail and we're going to triumph. And we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we shall continue to be empowered by him, provided by him, protected by him. And this is what we say. This is what we pray. This is what we stand in. Amen. Amen amen I hope this wasn't too political for anyone but uh (laughs) or I do I don't know Uh, uh, but I tell you we are not disengaged from this kind of stuff we need to be right smack dab in the middle of it father I thank you today for what you're doing in our lives in our house Lord we believe that you have called us We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.